Hey y'all, it's Dr. Samina Rahman, gyno girl. I'm a board certified gynecologist, a clinical assistant professor of OBGYN at Northwestern Feinberg School of Medicine, and owner of a private practice for almost a decade that specializes in menopause and sexual medicine. I'm a South Asian American Muslim woman who is here to empower, educate, and help you advocate for health issues that have been stigmatized, shamed, and perhaps even prevented you from living your best life. I'm better than your best girlfriend and more open than most of your doctors. I'm here to educate so you can advocate. Welcome to Gyno Girl Presents Sex, Drugs, and Hormones. Let's go. Today, I have a special guest for you guys, and I'm so excited about it. It's a patient of mine that's navigating menopause, and that's what we're going to discuss. And really, I wanted her to discuss her journey as she found me, but really about how she is such a proponent of advocating for your health in menopause and perimenopause and the journey. And so I wanted to bring her on because of you know a unique journey that she's had, but also everyone out there can hear a story of of how you can self-advocate for yourself and actually get to the other side and hopefully find someone that can help you if that's what you're looking for. This episode today is near and dear to me because it is a, a personal patient of mine who has agreed to speak about you know her journey. And she is just a tremendous advocate for women and for menopause. And I, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So it's with Heather Zimmerman today. And let's get at it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Gyno Girl Presents Sex, Drugs, and Hormones. I'm so excited to have one of my own patients here today who has agreed to talk about her journey. One of the things that we're going to do on this podcast, I'm going to have people that have actually been through some of the issues that we want to discuss talk about their stories, because I think these stories are so important for other patients, other people to hear, other providers to listen to so that they can understand, you know, what people are experiencing on the other side and how they actually came to get the help that they needed in some of these complex cases that we'll be talking about. And obviously, I'm going to continue to hopefully have some, you know, experts on the show to talk about, you know, in detail treatment plans and issues. But these stories are very critical, I think, for people to learn from. And so I'm very excited to have uh, Heather Zimmerman on the show. And we're going to talk about how you came to me, but when you realized you needed to get extra care, you know, how you did it, how you started advocating for yourself, because you're an amazing patient advocate and you really figured out the healthcare system, which, you know, behooves most people, even physicians to kind of navigate. So I want to, and one of the questions that I started asking the first podcast that I recorded was, you know, people have always asked me in my past because of, you know, my, my history and my culture and everything like Am I brave or am I shameless? I'm going to ask you that too at some point during this conversation, but go ahead, Heather. I'm Heather Zimmerman. I met Dr. Rahman after a very long journey, which I can get into, but we started seeing each other, I believe, at the beginning of February of just this year. And I'm 51. I'll be 52 next March. I definitely noticed some changes in my mid 30s mm -hmm. regarding. Well, migraines and some, a lot of joint pain and some things that were very difficult to deal with on a daily basis. And I was constantly going to my practitioner, my general practitioner. I was also seeing a functional medicine doctor and everybody just either in my general practitioner just wanted to give me 
medication, Mm -hmm. gabapentin, or they were giving me Paxil back in Mm -hmm. the day. So, but nobody was really interested in getting to the deep cause or the root cause of what was going on. I will say it was a little better once I, again, through lots of searching, which this was pre, not a lot of information online and definitely pre Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. I started researching and I did find functional medicine and I was going that route for quite some time. And through functional medicine, they did at one very small window of time have a a hormone doctor. Mm-hmm. She specialized in hormones. And she was the very first person at when I was 35 years old that determined that I needed progesterone and that I was very low on progesterone. And she was basically focusing on just trying to help my migraines, my joint pain. Mm-hmm. And I was on that for quite some time. She moved out of the country mm-hmm. and I felt pretty lost. She had herself, she had no recommendations on who to hand me over to because again, 15 plus years ago, there just weren't people really focusing on the hormone side. And then I stayed on the progesterone that she had me on, which was a very high dose all by myself. I just kept getting it prescribed Mm -hmm. and no one could help me. My regular practitioner, my general primary care doctor, and nor my functional medicine doctor. She said she didn't really know much. I went to my gynecologist who I adored, but she said, Heather, I, you know, I don't know anything about hormones. I'm a gynecologist. I know about babies and I know about women's parts, but not really hormones. So I gave into that and I struggled with that for almost 10 years. And then really the perimenopause symptoms were definitely kicking in. This speaks to the fact that, you know, a lot of clinicians don't get the education they need on menopause. And that's one emphasis I want to make. In a recent study that came out, 30% of OBGYN residencies have anything educational for menopause. And of those, 90-something percent are lectures. So some people graduate residency for OBGYN, which is supposed to be a fully women's health specialty, without any knowledge or have never seen a woman in menopause, which is staggering if you think about it. I mean, thinking about all the women in menopause and that will continue to be in menopause. And so this is one of the reasons that patients like yourself, are. it behooves them to find someone that can help them because a lot of clinicians don't know because they weren't taught and, and they don't have the impetus to, you know, learn on their own for one reason or another, job reasons, or maybe their practice doesn't allow them to spend, you know, half an hour with the patient or an hour with the patient. So I think that that speaks to that that big issue of, of navigating, men- why navigating menopause is so difficult, uh, one part of it at least. Tell, tell us about some of the perimenopausal symptoms that develop. A hundred percent. I agree with everything you're saying. And that's why, again, like in my mid to late 40s, I had just put it to the back. Mm -hmm. I just told myself, this is what it is. But I would, once in a blue moon, if I felt I was maybe in a situation that somebody might know something, I would always ask questions like, hey, do you know a doctor? Or do you know, have you dealt with this? And I really was hitting brick walls. People were like, I don't know. I, I was the one asking the questions, but I was younger than most people that, I didn't have the answers. They didn't have the answers. 
Did you talk to any family members, any female family members? That was one of the problems is we are the next representation, my generation at 50, you know, 50 years old, 51, that we are the ones who are really making this come out of the dark. And we are talking about it with zero shame. And there isn't shame. This is just part of life. And there should be no shame in this whatsoever. I, yes, I did go to my Mm -hmm. mom and I asked her, what is going on? Like I was having the hot flashes. I was struggling to sleep, the joint pain. I can't see, for me, it's a little difficult. I have an IUD, which was given to me at 35 by another gynecologist Mm -hmm. who said, that's going to help your migraines. Mm -hmm. And It Mm -hmm. didn't, but I did really like the IUD. So that was quite a struggle. So when I would find a doctor who would want to work with me, they were like, well, you're on an IUD and it's really hard to tell because we can't tell when your periods are intermittent or stopping. And so they kind of just didn't want to deal with me because I I wasn't like the cookie cutter Mm -hmm. patient. And I even Googled you know, Chicago menopause doctor. And I found a different functional medicine doctor who specifically listed that he was a menopause doctor. Mm -hmm. And I went to see him at 49 and I told him everything I was going through. It's not that I get these hot flashes where I burst into it, but I get hot and then it takes me a while to cool down. And he just sat back and he goes, (laughs) well, that's menopause for you. He goes, enjoy the ride. And I was like, wait, you're listed as a menopause doctor when I Googled. I was really, you know, that was really upsetting Mm -hmm. to me. And I kind of jumped ahead. But let me, my mother, I did go to because I was, I remember her having Mm -hmm. the same symptoms that I was having. Well, that's the sad part is my mom was of that generation in the early 2000s. What was it? 2002, when the articles came out. And I remember her being on HRT Mm -hmm. and she was doing really well. And then she stopped cold turkey. Mm -hmm. And to this day, it is me fighting to educate her to not be worried about me being on HRT, even though I'm extremely successful right. this year on what you have helped me right. with, which we can get into. But it's it is a mindset in the women who currently now I believe are in their 70s plus that should be helping guide their mm-hmm. daughters or nieces or grandchildren or whoever they are that are dealing with this. And they have such a fear right. of HRT that it's really it's a hindrance because she almost was telling me, stop looking, just Just deal with it, deal with it. I got through it. You'll get through it. But because of my determination Mm -hmm. and my advocacy and my own health for many reasons, I kept pushing. And so I will say the generation for me, like I said, we are the ones that need to help others. And if it wasn't for me being on Instagram and it wasn't searching on the internet, I'm not a TikToker, but I do love Instagram. And I started following hashtags of HRT, menopause, mm-hmm. just, you know, hot flashes, anything to right. help. And through so many people that I found online, the excessive weight gain mm-hmm. that came on like overnight, like 25 
to 30 pounds, I felt like just came on within four months. And it was this constant searching on, on Instagram that I finally felt I found my people. I found information I was looking for. I didn't have to keep asking strangers. Mm -hmm. And through there, I found the, the menopause.org, the uh, North American Menopause Society website. They changed it to the Menopause Society now. And is where I went. That's where literally my journey just was like I was running uphill. I went through, I put in my zip code, I found you. Why I selected you, I just kind of read through everybody. Your location Mm -hmm. in the West Loop in Chicago is extremely accessible. And I just liked, I went to your website, I liked you, but it was our first appointment. I teared up because I I felt so heard and so understood and that from day one of our first appointment, you know, we, you formulated a plan, but it wasn't just a plan that we were going to stick to. It was a plan that was going to deviate. We were going to work on things that worked for Mm -hmm. me. And so I feel like you, since we've been just together since February, that we have delved into the estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Mm -hmm. You had explanations of why I was feeling the way I was. I was on way too much progesterone, Mm -hmm. which was probably fine at 35, but my hormone, natural hormone levels had adjusted. And here I was at 50 on way, way too much progesterone. Mm -hmm. You helped me adjust to that in in a easy, steady way. We have definitely had our trials and trips with different progesterones Mm -hmm. and estrogen and testosterone because not only me personally, my physical makeup, but also we have to navigate insurance. Right. Right. And you are so tolerant of that. And to help with that, where a lot of doctors that I have dealt with in the past, again, want that classic easy patient that is their cookie cutter. They they give you ABC and they're and then they'll say, okay, well, we'll see you next right. year. And I mean, we meet monthly and or we at least check in with each right. other. And not only was I looking to just be comfortable and just get through this stage in my mm-hmm. life, at this point, I'm not only comfortable, I'm thriving. And I really am. I've lost. 27 pounds. I slow and steady balancing my hormones was the first Mm -hmm. thing. And I'm sleeping better. My hot flashes are actually Mm -hmm. gone. I really don't have issues. I mean, I'm still having intermittent, even though I have an IUD, uh, I have started to have like intermittent periods. And again, I think it's just the hormones, the HRT adjusting to my personal hormones But these are all things that I'm not scared of. I'm not like what's happening because I have an amazing doctor who is there to answer my questions. And whether you or your staff, somebody gets back to me, they email me or we meet so much that we, I feel like I'm in such good hands where there are so many friends of mine who are in their seventies plus Mm -hmm a group of women that I'm friends with and they all 
just say, oh my God, oh, like you are so right. lucky. We had none of right. this. And, you know, and then we have friends in our thirties, thirties and forties. And I have to tell you, I, sometimes my husband's like, can you just be quiet about <laughs> menopause? Because I'm, you know, when people find yes. an interest, they like to talk about it. My husband talks about bourbon. <laughs> well, I talk about right. menopause. I'm so glad that you do though. Those 30 those year olds are going to be very happy you did. I agree. And so I, and they're like, oh, you know, these young women say to me, oh, I'm not there yet. I go, but you know what? At some point you will be. And I'm not, I don't want you to be yeah. scared. And I want you to know if I were, if I was 30 and it was somebody like me was telling me this, I would, I would remember this. I would listen in. I'm not saying write it all right. down, but when you start heading there, remember either what I've, some things I've mentioned, or hopefully we're still friends and you can reach right. out to me. But it takes a hundred percent your own determination, though. You have to advocate for yourself. I will give credit again to my original gynecologist because here it was like 10 yeah. years later and I brought up the hormones again. And she once again said, Heather, I just, I know all about babies, but I, I really can't help you. I do recommend you know, start Googling. Mm -hmm. Even my gynecologist at one of the top hospitals here in Chicago, mm -hmm. she had no right. clue about. Right. Again, speaking to that study. Any websites, anybody to send me to, any referrals. So I do feel that in school and a lot of these doctors that there's no money in menopause. Mm. Oh, they, you know, just now, the weight loss drugs are starting to prescribe those a little more, like getting mm -hmm. approved, but there's no money in menopause drugs. Right. Not right now. I'm telling <laughs> right. specifically, yeah. none of mine is covered by right. insurance, but because I have a good doctor, mm -hmm. you guys help me find pharmacies to work with that are affordable, right. but there are no, currently there, yes, there's no money to be made. And that's why I think just the general cookie cutter, you know, primary care physician or just gynecologist, they, mm -hmm. they don't see the benefit, even though they're supposed to be there for their patient, the benefit of learning about this because there's no money, money in menopause. And that's where I'm at. But again, I'm so glad I have safely landed in your hands and you're stuck with me until I'm 90. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm happy to take care of you, Heather. I do want to just mention a couple of things you said. So one, you know, with regard to the money and menopause thing, I think now, you know, there's so many apps popping up left and right that there's all these menopause apps. So people are diving into it because women like yourself are saying self-advocate, let's do this. And so I think people are listening now. I do think a lot of physicians and clinicians are stuck because they're in big healthcare systems where they're not you know, they might be salaried or whatever, and, and they're supposed to see p patients every 15 minutes, which you can't do in a menopause clinic or, you know, sexual medicine clinic in 15 minutes. It's not possible for each patient. You're never going to explain anything or talk to them or understand their journey. But uh, so I think that, you know, some clinicians are stuck and then others maybe, you know, aren't able to go get more education. And some, you're right, they're, it's the other other things. Though one thing you mentioned about the study that stopped women in 2002 was the Women's Health Initiative. And so, uh, you know, that was the, the study that both the government funded as well as media put uh, 
hundred millions of dollars into this campaign to stop women from this hormone because they thought it increased the risk of breast cancer, which we know now is not true. I'm going to have an expert come talk about, you know, that study um, with me. And so, you know, that's going to be in one of my further podcasts. But I think it's really important to state that that study actually, you know, was the reason that so many women, their life expectancy changed. Um, You know, they weren't, we know now that uh, hormone therapy in the right patient population is cardiovascularly protective. It protects your bones. It's good for your sexual function. It prevents UTIs and vaginal estrogen. So, I mean, I think there's so much to be said. And we know that when women fall, when they're older, when you're 80 80 years old and you fall and you break your hip, like that can lead to your demise, right? So the estrogen helps your bones. And so I really feel that that study is one of the battles that those of us that do menopause are still constantly fighting to this day. And for patients that meet clinicians that are practicing medicine from 20 years ago, that's what we're running into, right? Like these clinicians are Mm -hmm. practicing medicine as if it's 2002, which we should not be doing. And the third comment I wanted to make was around the cookie cutter aspect of medicine. And menopause is a very much an individual based medicine in the North American Menopause Society or the Menopause Society, we refer to it as precision medicine because there is no cookie cutter aspect. Your social aspects, your genetics, your other medical issues, everything, comorbidities really impact whether or not you are a candidate for hormones, whether or not you're going to respond to them, all all of these things. So there is no room for cookie cutter medicine in menopause. And that's why you can't do it in 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And that's where we run into a lot of problems from a healthcare perspective. So individualized care is really, really the, 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 the forefront of how we should be practicing medicine. And I'm happy to do it. And I'm happy to take care of you. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're thriving. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of courage actually to come and actually talk about this. But I do feel that Generation X you know, we're kicking ass, taking names, like, you know, we're not pulling up with the BS anymore. So I feel that that is a big part of this, you know, menopause movement that's happening. I mean, I personally understand because you've also, you know, educated me and the things that I read online, mm-hmm. the books I buy, everything. Mm-hmm. It's not a one and done. That's the other thing. Just because we are on the the levels that we're at currently with me, with my my estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone doesn't mean that that's going to fit me in a year from now. I will tell people that listen, you know, are listening to this or whatever, that if you feel you're not connecting with your, your doctor, your gynecologist, whoever you're working with that's helping you, if you feel that you don't have a partnership or that they're they're not getting you. Yes, they're giving you things, but you're just like, oh, they're not really hearing me. I highly, 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 highly recommend find someone else. If you have to have a gap in your service, then maybe you that's what you do, or you, or just immediately start looking. And again, menopause.org, go to them, look for a different practitioner. If you have to see multiple people, just to find that connection, then do that. It is no different than, you know, a job. Like it it is a job. It's a job. And it's a real, it's a relationship you build, right? Like it's a relationship and it is, it's a relationship and you should have mutual respect. It's not that, you know, they're, you know, the doctor, it's every, they, they will tell you what to Mm -mm. do and you have to do it. That's not what it is. It has to be an equal relationship because, it is so, it is such, 
this, like you, I liked what you, precision medicine, because it is, it's so precise that it just a simple tweaking can send you one way or the other. And that's why it needs to be a good relationship and you have to be, feel comfortable to share those idiosyncrasies that you're all of a sudden feeling and you can't be ashamed and not want to tell your doctor because then that's that's not helping anyone. And I think I think that's it too. Like the journey is is it is a journey. Like we, when we meet, okay, well that maybe the patch didn't work. We got to try the pill. Maybe the pill didn't work. You weren't getting good absorption. We got to try uh, the ring. You know, so there's it, you have to go to someone that knows all the options, but also someone that you know gives you the options, looks at your insurance, what's covered, and says, okay, let's try this together. You know, we should not be. I mean, midlife women, we're like, you know, we, we know what we want. <laughs> we, a lot of us are knowledgeable about yeah. what we should be getting. And so pater- there's no room for paternalistic medicine anymore. You know, I don't think that, uh, you know, we, we talk about and educate, but at the end of the day, it's your decision, right? Like, I'm not going to push you to like, you have to go on hormones. No, but if you want to go on hormones and you see the benefit and every year we check you and you don't have, you know, heart disease or, or breast cancer or, you know, liver disease or things that would make us put you, take you off the hormones. You know, that's why the checks every year, that's why, you know, um, until we find the right, um, you know, rhythm for you, the right medications, uh, the right doses that until that's found, you know, you really have to keep keep seeing your clinician and hopefully get to a point where you feel good about yourself because this is about thriving. This is not about just surviving menopause or it's thriving through life so that you can feel good about life instead of, you know, longevity. People talk about a lot with the blue zones and everything nowadays, but I feel like, you know, to get to that point, you really have to be enjoying your life. You can't be suffering through life. So, so those are all very key, important uh, parts of and I can tell how happy mm-hmm. I am because, again, we yes. talk about menopause yes. all the time. It's, I find right. it fascinating. I find it liberating. I find that it's a new phase in my life that should not be something right. swept under the rug into a shame we talked about. But we also have to remember, personally, a lot of us don't realize how young right. it starts, right. how it does start in mm-hmm. your late 30s. It could start right. at 35 and up. So that's why, again, I kind of right. talk about it a lot with with girlfriends, and I mean, poor waitresses. I, you know, <laughs> servers at restaurants. If I feel I have a connection, yeah. I'm like, that's amazing. You know, I, love I don't know. It. I love it. <laughs> or if they're like, "Oh my god, I can't stop sweating. Okay. I'm sorry," yeah. and I'm like, "How old are you?" <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, I love that. Yeah, it's but that's women helping women, right? We got to do it. A hundred percent. We have to help each other. And, you know, it also is very, I'm very lucky. I have a husband that's extremely supportive as well. And I think it's just as important to talk out loud with your spouse, your partner, your kids, anyone in your family, let them know what you're going through because maybe they can see subtle changes Mm -hmm. in you as well, whether it's good or bad or whatever. But, you know, it is, it is not, menopause should not be a solitary Right. Affliction that we naturally have to go through that and feel that you're on your own, because I'm telling you, there is a whole new society of of people out there, you know, singing it from the rooftops. And it's very exciting. I mean, even since you and I met in February, the changes that have happened in the in in the medicine of menopause 
has what has even changed this year? So it's very exciting, and I'm I, and I'm thrilled to be here today. I'm I'm happy to to discuss all that. No, and I think it's important for spouses to be involved, and I think it's important for you know sibling, you know anyone. If you if you know a person that was assigned female at birth, and you this person will experience menopause either naturally, surgically, and if they if they live long enough, and so um, you know. Just and we talk about. I think we've talked about this before. That we give puberty talks to adolescent girls. We should be giving peri talks to thirty-year-old women, thirty-five-year-old women. You know, these they should know what's coming. And so I always try to do the same thing that you do. Are you? Oh, you know what? We should talk about the fact that these changes are going to happen, and they can be life-changing. Like they can, and they can be life-disrupting. I mean, their studies are out that you know people that are experiencing menopause in the workforce have. You know, there's such an economic burden for that. People are leaving the workforce because of, you know, not being able to accommodate their hot flashes, their night sweats, their anxiety, uh, their irritability, whatever, you know, because we know it's mental status issues, too. You know, I agree. So it is so misunderstood in the corporate and corporate mm-hmm. environment. So, yes, I do agree. And I that's why I believe this should be out there discussed. Mm-hmm. It and is. it is. It is yes. in this last year again. I mean, there's com- there are commercials on now about it, and so I'm again. I'm just happy to be here. I happy to always come back. We have other issues we can discuss. I really appreciate, and I appreciate you as my practitioner that you know you are out there on the cutting edge. You're constantly, you know, doing new courses and and furthering your education, or you're educating well, others. You in your field and that's what it takes. So, so yeah, so that's great. We're all lifelong learners. (laughs) Thank you so much, Heather. You're amazing. I'm so, I'm so proud of you advocating too. Like, I love the fact that you're just out there telling other women what's to expect. And, you know, there's so many advocacy groups I'm sure you would, um, do well with actually you know, no. you heard of the let's talk menopause group that it's an it's an oh my god go to instagram right now i just did a um instagram cool. um a webinar with them on black women in menopause but it's called let's talk menopause and they're a really big advocacy group started by menopausal women because of the same right. reasons we're discussing like they weren't getting the help they needed and so they do a lot of great webinars i think they're doing something in chicago in may i'll let you know about that but but I love that you're still advocating and, and please continue to do it because women need to hear it and we can't say it enough, honestly. Well, thank you. So I appreciate you. I, I appreciate everything that you're doing and I'm so happy that you're thriving and I hope you continue to thrive. And, you know, we will, um, you know, probably have you back on because I have other things I want to discuss with you that, uh, with your journey. But today specifically, I wanted our listeners to learn about self-advocacy in menopause. And I think that you are a prime example of someone that was not going to take it anymore. That was like, I am not taking this. I am going to find someone to help me. And, and you did. And I'm glad you did. Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. If you have a second, please subscribe to this podcast. I'd love for you to be a follower and learn as much as you can about the things that we're going to talk about with all the people on our journey. Please review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. These reviews really help. Review us, comment, Tell me what else you want to hear to get more information. My practice website is www.cgcchicago.com. My website for GynoGirl is www.gynogirltv.com. My Instagram is GynoGirl, so please follow me for some good content. Additionally, I have a YouTube channel, TV, where I love to talk about all these things on YouTube. And please subscribe to my newsletter, 
Dino Girl News, which will be available on my website. I will see you next time.